Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Today is July the 18th, 2020, and it's the 126th day of the virus. And we are in the book of 2 Kings. We're in the Old Testament, and the Old Testament is just so wonderful because it tells us intimate stories, usually about a single person and a single decision that reveals a big theology. And the story that we're going to tell today is offensive. It was offensive to the guy who got the story in the first place, the situation. He uh, gets mad. He leaves in a rage, goes stomping off, and it challenged his thinking. And I congratulate you, ladies and gentlemen, for being here this morning with me in the Bible, because it will do the same to us as well. So, uh, we are in Second Kings chapter 5, and Naaman, it says he's a commander of the army of the king of Syria, an enemy of Israel, comma, was a great man, nice thing to say, with his master and in high favor. Because of him, the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was a mighty man of valor, and then it says, but. So he has a problem. And he has a problem that he thinks he has, and then he has another problem that he doesn't even know he has. That And that's a spiritual separation from the Lord and not having God. His perceived problem is his leprosy. And the problem with leprosy is a slow death sentence. It's usually a fatal uh, problem, certainly in those days, not anymore. And all the money in the world couldn't fix it. So to... to fix it, he brings along three million dollars or three and a half million dollars worth of gold and about a half million dollars worth of silver and all the money in the world couldn't fix his problem. All the competence in the world couldn't fix his problem. All the military might in the world couldn't fix his problem. All the political power in the world couldn't fix his problem. All the bravery, all the friends couldn't fix his problem. His favor with the king couldn't fix his problem. The fact that he was a great man couldn't fix his problem. Two kings couldn't fix his problem. Two countries couldn't fix his problems. His problem, his perceived problem. So he's in a bit of a pickle. J.I. Packer said that God's purpose in Revelation is to make friends with us. And that's what we're going to see in today's story is God trying to make friends with this guy who thinks he has it all except for this perceived problems. And when we read the story, Naaman is basically going to say, yes, I don't like the Bible. I don't like the way that it says. I don't like the way that God wants to approach me. I got a better idea. So let's read that part. So, uh, let's see, where, where should I start? I'm going to start with uh, verse 9. So Naaman comes to, comes to Elisha, the prophet, with his horses and chariots and stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored, and you shall be clean. So Naaman shows up with his F-16s and his tanks and... Uh, his entourage, and then Elijah doesn't even come out. He sends a messenger and says, go wash in our river seven times. And he, and then you get a response from Naaman. I just love this. It's Naaman. He was angry. He says, I've come all this way. I, I bring all this money, and I, I think this way. And he says, behold, I thought 
So he has this level of expectation. I thought that he would surely come, listen to what he says, come out to me, number one. Number two, stand and call upon the name of the Lord, number two, I guess that would be. Wave his hand over the place, number three, and cure the leprosy, number four. So he's seen some of the magicians or whatever from Syria or the holy people from Syria, and this is what they do. They come out, they yell and scream, they wave their hand. And then he says, and he slams Israel here, and he says, Are not Abana and Parfar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned away. It says twice he goes away, and he leaves in a rage. And so he makes a decision. He, he votes with his, his feet. And then, again, the servants. Verse 13, but his servants... But his servants. So it was a young a servant girl that started this whole thing and said, "Hey, there's a guy in Israel that can can heal you." Uh, and he believes her. She has enough reputation that he makes this big trip and, and emissaries with the, the king. And I'm not sure if she's in this group or not, but it'd be really cool if she was. But his servants came to him and said, "My father." It is a great word that the prophet has spoken to you. Will you not do it? You came all this way. He spoke to you. Come on, just do it. Has he actually said to you, wash and be clean? So then when we talked about the widow of Zarephath, we talked about verse 14 and a half. And this is actually verse 13 and a half. And it's the moment of decision again uh, of what are you going to do? The Lord says to do this. What are you going to do? Are you going to yield? And it's you can't underestimate how hard this was for this person of great pride, which is one of his, his uh, problems. And he says, I don't like the way that God is asking me to do this, but he does yield. So verse 14. So he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. And I, you know, don't want to keep you waiting. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of the little child. So his sin is this presumption of thinking that this is the way that the Lord is going to go. He, he, he orbits around himself. And, and the, the challenge of this story today is, will he yield? And like the widow of Zarephath, he has to have faith first. So he has to have faith to believe the prophet, to, to go to the river, and then his, his beliefs will be betrayed by his behavior. So will he go to the river? Will he dip? Will he dip again? Will he dip again? Will he dip again? Will he do this seven times? And it's really a very similar story to Zarephath, where the, where the person who is theoretically outside the kingdom, uh, God is not like we, we want him to be. He's not active in the people that we want, uh, not the people of our choosing. His ways are not how we would do it, not the way that I would do it. And we see Naaman here yield in faith. It's going to have a lot of applications for us as we further understand the story. But remember, this is so offensive that when G the Nazareans brought this up to about Jesus, they wanted to, when Jesus brought this up to the Nazareans, they wanted to throw him off a cliff. So that's how challenging this, this story is, that, that God can be active in this enemy of Israel, a Syrian, a prideful man, whose first response is anger, 
and rage and stomping off, but then he does yield. So we have similar choices and we'll see if we're going to yield. Thanks for listening.